Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of John today. We're going to be starting maybe at one of the high points in the whole Bible. It's the the death and resurrection of Lazarus. Um, somebody being raised from the dead. Uh, you know, and it's like uh, McGee asked the question this morning. Um, do we have hope if Jesus can't raise the dead? If Jesus can't raise the dead, I mean, what are we doing Um, life is pretty meaningless. It's pretty worthless. We're here for a little while and then we're gone. And if we go through life without believing that Jesus really can raise the dead, we just don't have any hope. So we'll jump in. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now, Jesus loved this family, and McGee makes the point that he loved John. He loved Peter. He loved Paul. He loves me and you, too. You just can't keep... Jesus' his love from you. It's like the, McGee made the point, it's like the sunshine. You can put an umbrella up, <clears throat> but you can't stop the sun from shining. You can, you can uh, try to avoid God's love, but just like with an umbrella, you can get under something, but you can't stop him from loving you. So Jesus loves everybody, but Jesus loved Lazarus. He was ill. So the sisters sent him saying, Lord, him whom you love is ill. It's kind of like saying, you know, our brother's ill, but they, they put that in there too, like they emphasized, you know, you know you love him, so you got to help him. But when Jesus heard it, <clears throat> he said, this illness is does not lead to death, for it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, It's not going to lead to death. He's not talking about the fact that he's not going to die because he does die, but he's going to be raised again. So Jesus does not even refer to that as death. 
and Jesus is showing that when somebody asks a, a favor or a request of Jesus, sometimes he doesn't answer the way we think it. And he also answers from the perspective that we cannot come close to understanding the temporary nature of our lives and the fact that Jesus has complete sovereignty over that. Verse 5, now Jesus um, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, the Bible makes a point of letting us know that Martha and Mary <clears throat> called Jesus and made sure that you know they were aware that Jesus loved Lazarus. And the Bible makes a point that Jesus needs to let us know that he loved Lazarus. <clears throat> so there should be no question in our mind that he decided to stay two days longer wasn't because he didn't love Lazarus or took him for granted. It was because he loved Lazarus. He wanted to use Lazarus to show God's glory. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews <clears throat> were just now seeking to stone you. Now, these were the, you know, this was the couple of chapters earlier. They were ready to stone him, you know, when he was claiming that he and the father were one. Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said, Rabbi, the Jews are just now going to seek to stone you and you're going there again. You know, big question mark. You know, maybe not the best thing. And Jesus answered them, <clears throat> are there not 12 hours in the day? He's talking about daylight. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He's talking about, he'd just been telling them <clears throat> that he is the light of the world. So while the light is in the world, There's nobody that's going to stumble. There's, people need to see the light of the world. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Now look how he refers to physical death as sleep. And to Jesus, it's just like awakening him. And there's Old Testament you know, references to death as sleeping with their fathers. It's kind of an Old Testament reference also to, to death. It's not referred to as a final death. It's referred to as a like you're sleeping. <clears throat> it's something physical. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he will recover. So in other words, they're digging in a little bit about the meaning of this word, so we'll understand it too. Look, sleeping's no big deal. We don't have to go back to Judea just to wake him up because he's sleeping. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant taking rest and sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, okay, so he was sort of, he was comparing death to sleep for their own education of the spirit. Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So now Jesus is saying, look, you don't understand. I'm talking about his death. And I'm glad I wasn't there 
because I'm getting ready to give you more hope than you've ever had. It's hope in the resurrection. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, well, let's go that we may die with him. You know, is that a, like a sarcastic remark? You know, like maybe they'll stone us too, you know? Um, hard to say. I don't get, we don't get a lot more commentary about that, but, but Thomas does have a way, as McGee says, of bringing it down a little bit, of being a Mr. Gloom and Doom. I'm not going to believe, you know, Jesus was actually raised from the dead until I could see the holes in his hands. Remember when he said that? And, you know, and see the spear mark in his side. Jesus said, look, put your fingers in my holes. Thomas said, well, maybe we can, you know, die with him, Mr. Gloom and Doom. So McGee made a couple of things that, a couple of teaching points that I really related to. Death for a believer is sleep. And later when Jesus refers to himself as the resurrection, resurrection comes from the word anastasis, which means to stand up or stand up again. It just means stand up. Resurrection means stand up. Resurrection refers to the body. It doesn't refer to the soul. McGee says the soul never sleeps. The resurrection has to do with the body. The soul is always with Christ. McGee makes the point that there's no such thing as soul sleep. It's the body that dies. It's the body that needs to be resurrected. When Jesus gives us eternal life, eternal life now, He doesn't give it so our soul will die. Once we have eternal life, our soul is eternal with Christ. It's the body that's going to be raised from the dead. We're not raising the soul from the dead. We're raising the body from the dead. That, to me, is so powerful, so full of hope, so deep and wide. I can barely get my head around that. So I just wanted to let you know that's huge for me to, to, to have that. So we're going to stop here, and tomorrow we get to see a little bit more of the resurrection and the life of Christ for us. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from John chapter 11, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 17. Scripture reads at verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. So here we have the town of Mary, so it was Mary's town, and the home of Martha. So there are different gifts that we all are given as children of God. You know, once we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, we have the fruits of the Spirit, and then um, we get to realize our dream, our gifts. So not everyone can have um, the same gift. You know, other, other women, in this particular instance, I'm looking at women, you know, they have a gift of, say, for example, service in the church. 
you know, they can lead like a choir or they can uh, be teachers and other women, you know, they're gifted like in the home. So in this case, it's Martha's home. So like I said, some, you know, some can serve in the home and some will serve elsewhere. Like Christian women have different callings. So, um, and, you know, some have a calling at home and some in Christian evangelism, etc., etc. Verse 2 goes on to read, It was that Mary who, it was, sorry, that Mary who anointed the Lord Jesus Christ with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So John here is identifying the home for us with this information. So he identified who exactly um, this home is for, which Mary. Verse 3 goes on to read, Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So this is a humble home, as you can see. You know, it's not that they were like wealthy or, you know, they were an affluent family. It's a very humble home. And Lazarus here is identified as he's the one the Lord Jesus Christ loves. So God loves us. You know, it's a, it's a great endearment that um, describes, you know, how God um, has affection towards us. So the one you love is sick. So God loves God loves Lazarus and God loves us. So he loves all his children. And actually God loves everyone. You know, despite um, one being a follower of his or not. So he loves you and me. Verse 4 goes on to read, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus Christ was actually away at that time from the town where, um, from the place where Lazarus was. So these are written that, actually this here is written that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And this miracle is actually performed for God's glory. Verse 5 goes on to read, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So he loves the whole family. Just like, you know, I said earlier on, God loves you and me. Despite, you know, whether we're, we're white, black, blue, you know, or whether we're sinners or we're saved. So he loves all of us, whether, you know, we're Christian or not. We're Christian or not. And, you know, one can't prevent from being, from actually... God loving us. You can't prevent God from, you know, loving you. But you can actually put up a barrier, you know, a barrier of indifference to actually keep the love of God from entering our lives. It's like, you know, you walk out in the sun. It's like shining bright and all. So you can't prevent the sun from shining. Or you can't stop the sun from shining, but you can prevent, you know, um, getting the sunshine to shine on you by putting up that umbrella. So... God, you one cannot prevent God from loving them, but um, one can actually put up that umbrella to actually stop, um, stop the love of God, um, towards them. Verse six goes on to read. 
So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. So here, you know, he, the Lord Jesus Christ did this deliberately and purposefully. So sometimes he actually lets his own die. He's just calling them home. That's why he's, he feels, you know, they, you know, now is their time to actually leave and just go home. So he actually let Lazarus die for a purpose. And this purpose is so that you and I may actually believe and his name may be glorified. Verse 7 goes on to read. Then after he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. So he had been to Judea and had to actually withdraw from there because of the opposition. And now he's returned back to Judea. And um, verse 8 reads, The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. And are you going there again? And the Lord Jesus Christ is actually going to Judea. Verse 9 goes on to read, Now Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So um, here, what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying is that as long as he is in the world, he is the light of the world, and he came... Um, he came as the light of the world and um, if there is to be light in Bethany in the time of death because you know death just brings a dark cloud on everybody and you know people lose hope so Jesus Christ must be there if there is to be actually light and hope in these sisters lives and home and that's the reason why he's actually going there. He doesn't want, you know, these sisters of Lazarus to be helpless. So he's actually going to them. Verse 11 goes on to read. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. So he's now talking of death to the disciples. Verse 12 goes on to read, Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get up. However, um, Jesus spoke to his, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. So Jesus Christ wanted that he might um, raise Lazarus from the dead. And the disciples misunderstood what Christ meant by the term sleep that he used. So death for a believer has a new name. It's called sleep. It's been, um, you know, death, actually. Yeah, if you're a believer, you're a child of God. Um, it's it's basically sleep. So it's actually been robbed of its terror. You know, the terror that everybody's like afraid to die. 
The resurrection always refers to the body. So it's the body that put um, to, to sleep and that's raised and you know death for a believer as far as the body is concerned is actually sleep um but for a non-believer it becomes more grim and difficult so sleep never actually refers to the soul or spirit so there's no such thing as soul sleeping so um so uh so sleep is the body. So it's the body that actually dies. Verse 14, he goes on to read. Um, then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So Jesus said to them plainly here, simple and straightforward, no need for him to sugarcoat his words. If you're a child of God, there is the hope of eternity. Even there is the hope of life after death if you're a child of God. So, death is not just sleep. The, the individual goes to be with the Lord. And um, verse 15 and 16 reads, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Um, nonetheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, actually Didymus, yeah. Uh, so then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So Thomas is, you know, he's a groom catcher, but he actually was willing to die as well. Verse 17 reads, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for days. So this is where we're going to end our teaching for today. And we'll continue from here. We'll pick up from here when we start our teaching next week. Thank you all for listening. God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.